0: Abhi Yahweh, thank you for the opportunity yet again speaking to me through the Holy Spirit and guiding me in these times to be in your truth, your knowledge, and your wisdom, Father. Thank you. Abhi Yahweh aman, Yeshua aman, parakitos aman. So... I'm going to share just something really briefly here because I, it's late in the evening and and uh, although the Spirit's got me awake. <laughs> um, and you, you all can listen to me whenever you feel like it or if you don't feel like it. Remember what I tell you, I don't care because it's not my podcast and it's not my truth knowledge and wisdom it's that of the Lord God but I want to share something with you because I want you to understand the significance and the difference between hearing and listening and sometimes I really like it because the spirit draws the listening and I was watching a program I don't have a tv but I have other means and um it's a show that I, I like. And there were two young ladies that came out and they didn't even really know each other. They didn't, uh, they had gone to rival schools. They had, were in high school together at the same time, well, not together, but at the same time frame. And um, they were going to the same college and they ran into each other, but, the short end of it. The song that they sang together was absolutely gorgeous because um, it spoke to their faith. It spoke to the realization. And I'm going to share something to you that the scriptures talk about. And we have to understand that um, the timeframes are not according to what many of the theological wizards declare. And um, they, they they tend to teach confusion, and um, it isn't like that. So you have to just be understanding and aware that the apostasy or the great walking away Um, The Great Falling Away. I find that they call it The Great Falling Away, but I don't call it that because they're not falling out of anything. They're not tripping and they're not uh, being pushed off a balcony. They're walking away. The individuals are leaving of their own accord. They're choosing to leave. It's The Great Walking Away, except that you have commentators and some of the wizards that will declare the falling away. And I think that's actually termed that in the scripture. I got to double check that and I'm going to find it here shortly. Um, But it's called the great falling away. And I think that's a matter, it's not really a matter of schematics, it's a matter of verbiage and that's it. So um, my point that I'm getting to, I will get to it, I promise. Um, the song that these two young ladies were sharing um, because they had started one and it, it wasn't going so well. Um, it's the, um, they were having a little trouble so they they gave it another shot and the one, the second song, the one young lady had actually written this. This was an original tune that she had, she wrote. And she was really excited about it. But the point that I'm trying to make is that when the scripture talks about the great falling away, or the walking away, the apostasy, um, which is going to happen, It is going to take place. And Jesus talks about it also. And. But what they're singing about is this. Is the one. The one gal has the the lead vocal. And she's singing. And then the young girl that. that, uh, The young lady. Not girls. Or young women. They were. um, She's playing the guitar. She wrote it. And it's talking about how um, there was—I guess—there was a parental thing happened, and and she was left on her own, and she had to care for the children, her brothers and sisters that had had were that she was taken care of, and she became the mother. And she was young, but she had become old. And as the words of the song she's singing, it um, she's talking. About being afraid, and I'm going to get all emotional here because at the same time that it talks about the, the, the apostasy, um, and the, the walking away, the leaving, it's talking also about the pouring out of the spirit. And I bring that up because the lyrics of this song and it was kind of hard to, uh, kind of hard to make out. So you really had to listen. But she's talking about the fear that she has because she was young, and now she has to be old, and she was frightened, and she was afraid of it. But then she came to God. And God told her through the lyrics of the songs, He said, Baby girl, you don't have to be afraid. Let me remind you who you are. You are the daughter of the king. You don't have to be afraid. I've got you. I've got you. You are the daughter of the king. Brothers and sisters, we forget that so often, so often, and we listen instead to that white noise interference that is poured all over us. And we can't hear because we're not focusing, because we're too caught up in that. Rabble and that noise that's being poured out on us, but I mean, man, this was such a pop, and the and the the lyrics of the song are so powerful, and I bring that up because the Bible tells us not only will there be a great walking away or the falling out as a commentators and the wizards like to call it, and then, like I said, I believe it was it's somewhere in the scripture I got to find out specifically the scripture and, uh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm through this together here in a minute. The, the spirit brought this up, but um, I'm, Okay. Okay, here we go. This is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and they're talking about the apostasy, and they're talking also about the Antichrist, because they're talking about that man. And. So, what we're talking about in 2 Thessalonians um, 2, 1-3. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you, By any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That phrase right there, that the son of perdition. And for those of you that may not know, um, perdition is talking about the... uh, Talking about hell, final destination, the spiritual ruin, the absolute downfall, utter destruction or ruin. And he's called that the son of perdition because he is the tool that's going to be used to draw many. Many, many away. And there will be many who have not been reading the scriptures. This is why I firmly believe that Paul states it the way he states it. Study to show thyself approved, because in the last day, when the son of perdition comes, he will deceive, and it talks about even the elect. So be cautious, be wary, do not be deceived, be on guard, because even the elect and the elect are those who that are called and chosen by God to be about the father's business. And things are not going to be in a great state. Jesus tells us this. So don't get Don't get your knickers all in a twist and get all antsy pantsy and dodging around in your chair and being all comfortable because this is told in the Bible, not only by Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and in certain parts of scriptures by David, but our Lord Jesus talks about it in Matthew 24. And he tells us, I'm going to say, I've shared it a couple times with you. that Jesus tells us, Matthew 24, not until it was in the days of Noah, until the Son of Man comes again. What is Jesus telling us that it's going to be like? And... Let me share this with you. Why do you think God destroyed the world with a flood? He was so sick and tired of everything that was going on in this world, how badly we were treating one another and how we were just absolutely so despicable to one another. So he washed the earth. And started over. But then the choice of man came into play yet again. And they chose to do things on their own. They chose to have false idols. They chose to turn away from God. And they walked that way again. So I'll be perfectly honest with you. It doesn't surprise me any any way, shape, or form that God got fed up. And he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. What happened in Sodom and Gomorrah? He said, I want to, I, I find nobody. I find nobody to stand. And then, of course, there was a bargaining that was going back and forth between God and Lot. He said, but you know what if I find one, or what if I what if I find two? What if I find one? What if I what if I go and and there's just the one? Okay, okay, okay. I think God was getting kind of tired of the haggling. But when the angels came and they told Lot to leave, and this is how it's going to be in the last day when that trumpet sounds and you hear that trumpet, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, you get down off the roof and you leave. You go to wherever the spirit leads you to go, or you don't turn around, you don't run back in the house and grab and say, you know, I love my two companions, my support dogs but I can't come down off the roof if I'm up on the roof working. Of course, I'm a little old for that, but whatever I'm doing. I can't run back and and get things and forget and, and grab a go bag. It doesn't work like that. You need to be ready to go when God says time to go. You need to go as if you're in a hot tick hurry to get to the last train to Clarksville. That's an old song in case you didn't know. But you gotta get on board and you gotta go. But you see what i you, you see the point that I'm getting to. You have a lot of choices are made. They chose not to listen to Noah, who was building on that ark for 120 years. And he preached redemption, he preached repentance, and he spoke the word of God. But they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to have any part of it. When the angels came to Lot, and they told him to take his family and leave, and they came to his house, you had the the people in the streets. How degraded can you possibly be? They came and they said, Lot, we know that you have strangers that came to your house. Send them out to us so that we may know them. They weren't talking about, hey, my name's Bob. How are you? What's your name? Ariel, Gabriel, Juriel. They didn't want to know anything about names. They wanted to carnally know them. And when the angels told him that they needed to leave and not to look back, you didn't need to look back to see anybody that you were leaving behind. And and Lot was trying. I mean, he had been preaching and, and praying, but they made fun of him. They'd actually beat him up a few times. And he tried to protect the angels and offered his daughters instead. And the angels rebuked him for that. But they said, you need to go. You need to go now. Do not turn and look back. When you leave this place, do not look back. Of course, Sarah, his wife, didn't pay attention. She... She looked back, I think, uh, maybe in a bit of remorse. I mean, she wasn't really looking for, but she looked back because she felt badly for those that were left behind. And yeah, that's true. You would feel like that if you had any kind of, conscience. but the thing of it is, the word warns against that. When she looked back, as the Bible says, she was changed immediately to a pillar of salt. And I didn't think of this when, and now I just thought about it. Um, Remember what Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount, when he talks about us being the salt of the earth. And I used to be a chef. I I was more than a cook. And salt is used to preserve, it's used to enhance flavor. It's used also when used sparingly and appropriately, it's used to draw out sweetness. You can actually draw out sweetness. It enhances flavor. When Jesus calls us the salt of the earth, there's a, there's a reason because we can either sweeten, we can preserve, we can draw out the sweetness of the word, we can draw out the sweetness of the truth, we can preserve that, we can share that. And as he said, if you have lost your savor, then you are good for nothing except to be tossed in the dung heap because you can't be used anymore. You, you've lost anything of value that you were. Pretty hard. But now Sarah, because Lot was preaching and doing all those things, so I would imagine that that his wife would have been trying to help him in that. And... She was turned to salt because she'd lost all that, I don't know, her savor or whatever in the salt. I'm just, you know, I'm speculating on this. Um, But she'd lost all that. And she disobeyed a direct commandment that was given by the angel of the Lord that came to bring them out and told her, don't look back. This is a word of the Lord. Don't look back. Don't look behind you. And she did. And it may have nothing to do with what Jesus was talking about, but I just speculating. Purely speculation. And there's no confirmation showing that one has anything to do with the other. But, brothers and sisters, these things are important. And... you have to understand that God's timing and his purpose for everything. And we have to understand that God's intention And the pouring out of the spirit, which is going to take place with believers. And he tells us that it will. And there will be a pouring out of the spirit that the young men will dream dreams. They will prophesy. And there will be the great pouring out of the spirit. But here's the thing that a lot of people get really twisted and confused about. And it's in God's timing and not in speculation of man or mammon. That there is, and I have witnessed this taking place in very recent times is that there is indeed a great pouring out of the Spirit, as there is also a great walking away that people are are just leaving and also ignoring the opportunities that are given. But brothers and sisters, there are also people that are looking for answers because they're absolutely sick and tired of the things that are being done, said, enacted. And I was absolutely appalled with something that my nephew had shared with me the other day. And he says, Uncle Raven, you need to listen to this. You need to hear this. And I did, and I wasn't so sure that I heard what I heard. And then when I, messaged him back and I asked him to clarify and he said yes you heard it correctly and I'm going to share with you and I know that it's probably going to get a whole bunch of knickers all twisted up and everybody's going to get all upset well guess what you know what I say I don't care because the truth is the truth And I speak only the truth. This is not made up for vaunting myself or putting myself above anyone else or nothing. And I pray about it. I really do. I honestly do. And even those that shared this thing and did this thing and declared this thing, I I pray for them still because that's what I'm supposed to do. but they talk about all this pride stuff. They why, why, why is it now called that? And there's speculation that I have, that I have made and been looking and deciding about this, but you know, this agenda, they like to claim it as theirs, but the agenda is not theirs to have. They're being manipulated, they're being used, they're being driven. But why I am appalled and absolutely appalled about is the fact that the chant that I heard on this particular day that they were elated to be celebrating, and I wasn't certain of what I heard, so I double checked it and I did indeed hear it correctly. And the words of their chant was, we are queer, we are here, we're coming for your children. What I have to say, brothers and sisters, has nothing to do with directing anything at them. And if you do stand up and say anything at them, they get very, very upset and defensive and how somehow you are wrong for saying what you, saying anything about it. But anyway, I've already shared even before I heard that about things that are going on and the children are being targeted and there's so many things that are going They don't even allow parents to ask school boards of what's being taught in school anymore. You're not allowed to do that. When I was a kid going to school, they had a thing called the PTA. It was called the Parent Teachers Association. And it was called that because parents and teachers would gather together and they would talk about what was going on in the school, in the classes. And I can remember that As you went on the regular meetings that you had the parents and all that and and students could go and they could hear what they were talking about. But then uh, I think it was once a quarter, I think it was, that parents and teachers only together and you couldn't hear what they were saying or be there. But regardless, brothers and sisters, children are favored of God. And Jesus took and rebuked the disciples because they tried to hold the children back and away, not to bother him. And he said, told him, he said, suffer not the little to come to me. And he also explained to him and he said that, children are not born sinful. They're born into a sinful world, a broken world. But children, when they come and they're born, They are born without guile. They have to be taught how to lie, how to cheat, and how to steal. They're taught that. And they're either taught that by parents, older children, or other adults. They're taught. And Jesus also tells us, lest ye become as a child, shall not see the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Well, I tried to share that with you before, that when my father, when he was alive, and I didn't know until after he had gotten older and I'd actually gotten out of the military, was getting close to getting out of the military, I didn't know that he didn't know how to swim. He's out there in the deeper water and telling me to jump in and that he's got me. It's okay. It's okay. I've got you. Come on, don't be afraid. Jump in, I've got you. I believed him. I had no reason to doubt him. Whenever he told me to jump off the roof, and he would make sure that he'd catch me, he never dropped me. He never failed. When he told me, I jumped. So how is it so different with the word of God that we seem to have such an issue with paying attention to what God tells us? It's definitely a dark and broken place, brothers and sisters. But we need to remain in prayer. We need to lift each other up. We need to pray for those other individuals. You can't, you can't deride them. You can't belittle them. You can't degrade them. You can't, you can't show any kind of uh, prejudice to them, because that's not according to the word of God. The word of God says that we are supposed to pray for them. They have an opportunity to repent to be saved and to become heirs and joint heirs in the kingdom of heaven like anyone else. The opportunity is there for them, anyone, just like the Bible says, for God so loves the world. Not a particular person, not a particular people, not a particular ethnicity, not in a particular belief, not a particular attribute, None of that matters. The only thing that matters is the character of your heart. And if you accept that Jesus Christ came and died for you and that you believe that he is the only begotten son of the Lord God Almighty and you want to have faith in God and follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you will be saved. Period. Exclamation point, dot, dot, dot. Brothers and sisters, I just, I was compelled to share all that and and I got all wrapped up in in the other, but I I was thinking about the lyrics of that song. And it still rings true now because of all these things that are going on in the world around us today and all those things that are going on out there and around It's frightening, actually, but here's the thing. You don't have to be afraid. Let me remind you who you are. You're the child of the king. I am a child of the king. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven. And remember this too, that God did not give us a spirit of fear. But he gave us that of power. Let me see, I believe that's in, I'm flipping pages. I'm sorry I didn't mark it because I wasn't prepared to do this, but I'm heading there now. head in that direction. I'm sorry. I think I, I missed it. But the scripture tells us, I want to give it to you the specific number, but um, you know what I'm talking about. When Paul is writing in his letter, and he reminds us that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us instead power and authority. And Jesus gave us that very thing in Luke 10. He's given us power and authority to step on the heads of scorpion or serpents and to step on the scorpions and to face down even the power of the enemy himself. So that's pretty incredible that those things are given to us. And it's ours to have, brothers and sisters, you have to have faith. and just believe that God is true to his word and he is. He is true. It's that infallible truths that are found in the Bible, the empirical evidence And so where that scripture was, i flip around a little bit. So we're looking at 2 Timothy 1, seven, and that scripture very plainly. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and a sound mind. Be thou not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of of me, his prisoner, but thou partakers, pardon me, I got to get this in the light where I can read it, but partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God, So what's being said is that there are things that are going to happen. And we are told, Jesus has told us that everything isn't going to just be smooth sailing and perfect. Because that's not promised. And nowhere in the scripture does it promise that it will be so. But what we are told and what we are promised is that. In partaking of those various afflictions that are being talked about in the gospel. Don't have to be afraid. God is with us. God is for us. God is our strong tower. He's is the... Pillar of fire by night. He's the pillar of smoke in the day. He is for us. He is behind us. He's beside us. God is with us all the time. Don't be afraid of any of these things, brothers and sisters. Be of a good, sound mind. Stay in the word of God. Chase the word of God. Seek him and he will be found. Hear my prayers, my going out, my coming in.